Hey guys, welcome to the C1 Church Podcast. I pray that this message encourages you, builds your faith, and helps you go after Jesus. If you'd like more information about C1 Church, please go to our website at c1.church. Enjoy the message and be blessed. seated. I am so excited to be here. I know that inclement weather can be challenging, but I tell you what, God's going to God's gonna bless you guys for being here. I believe that, and I'm not saying that he won't bless the people that aren't here. He will. He, you know, rains on the just and the unjust alike. I'm not saying they're unjust. Stop. That's, that's, that's not what I'm saying at all. Um, but I, I am excited. God, I believe that this is a word for everyone. I really do. To the point that last night I had a dream about it. Like the enemy in my dream. It was, it was a silly dream. But everything in my dream went wrong in the service. Every part of the service was going wrong. And I just knew, like, as I was standing up here trying to present the word, I was, I was saying... God, this is the enemy trying to stop this word from going forward. So it literally woke me up in the middle of the night saying, God, I pray right now that you will be with us and let your word penetrate our heart. And we're continuing in our series called Prayer. And I'm, I'm going to preach from one thought today, or one question, and it's kind of a pun. But have you ever heard that saying, what did he just say? Have you ever asked that, like, in conversation? I heard that all the time growing up. What did he just say? When, when people get irritated about something and, or, or someone says something that, that's kind of like opposing views or, or con- confrontational, you would hear this, at least I would hear growing up, what did he just say? My parents would ask me that. What did you just say? Um, and usually that didn't, what followed wasn't always pleasant, but I remember sitting at home 
and hearing like my parents would watch presidential stuff and presidential debates and they would what did he just say and today I'm not I'm not posing that question we're going to look at a prayer that Jesus prayed and it's a and so the title of my message is what did he just pray what did he just pray because this is a prayer that is going to challenge your humanity because it flies in the face of what we naturally want to do. In fact, it flies in the face of it so much, Jesus addresses the natural inclination of this flesh bag body. He does. And he goes, should I pray this? And, but he goes, no. And it, it, it's an interesting section, and we're going to break down the section around it, around this prayer. Because I truly believe this is a season for the church to pray more, to let our faith grow wild. It needs to grow and it needs to go wild. And how, how we fight our battles is on our knees. we got to pray more. Every one of us, if I went around the room, we are in a battle that you have been praying for, that you've been praying about. It might look different in your family, in your circumstance, but you have been... Do- doing warfare I would I would venture to say and it was sometimes in some of our in, in some of our situations I would say that it seems like the world's coming against you but the good news is the Bible says greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world and this section of scripture if you look at it it would almost look like Jesus is about to lose it almost kind of looks like He's about to lose because of, of the circumstances around it. But for the Christians, so often when we lose, we actually win. And when losing is actually winning, that's a hard thing. But this prayer teaches us that. So we're going to be looking in John chapter 12, 20 through 36. And it's going to be up on the screen. And let's, let's read it together. It says, Some Greeks who had come to Jerusalem for Passover... For the Passover celebration, paid a visit to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee. They said, Sir, we want to meet Jesus. Philip told Andrew about it, and they went together to ask Jesus. Jesus replied, Now the time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted, in the soil and dies it remains alone but its death will produce many new kernels a plentiful harvest of new lives so jesus is talking and the disciples are oblivious to what he's talking about like they're just like what i don't get it and but he he is literally he's understanding like wait greeks um are wanting to meet me gentiles are wanting to meet me like he, he's understanding, like, it's time. It's time for me to fulfill my purpose. And he's, he's kind of alluding to that he's about to die. Because he's under, like, as long as he's alive on earth, the kingdom is not going to grow forward. But when he dies, and, and it's going to produce something. And he says, I tell you the truth. Well, we just read that, verse 24. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. 
Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me, because my servants must be where I am, and the Father will honor anyone who serves me. Now, my soul is deeply troubled. Should I pray, Father, save me from this hour. But this is the very reason I came. Father, bring glory to your name. Let's stop there for a second. So he's understanding what's about to happen. Jesus talked about his death freely. His disciples were just oblivious. They were like, yeah, yeah, Jesus, you're going to die. We're all going to die. You know, it's just like it was just hidden from them. But Jesus is making a very, like, he's trying to tell them it's necessary. The kernel of wheat has to fall and die to produce a harvest. Because, no, like, he has a certain, he has a lot of people that believe in him while he's on earth. But it's going to be multiplied once he gets into heaven. And he's saying, I got to do this. But he understands in his physical body, he knows what it's about to go through. And he was literally troubled to the point where, like, I, I'm going to have to be crucified. That's my purpose. And he's troubled. His purpose was troubling him. And he's asking, should I pray this? Father, save me from this hour. This is not the only time he prayed this either. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed, and I'm going to paraphrase, God, if there's any other way to do this, let's, let's take option B. You know what I'm saying? He's like, if there's any other way, God, Father, please. And he, he's, he's sweating blood. He's that stressed out about it. But then he says, not my will, but your will be done. And so he says, Father, save, should I pray, Father, save me from this hour. But this is the very reason I came. This is what he ends up praying. Father, bring glory to your name. Even Jesus wasn't about his own glory. He was a man led by the Holy Spirit here to glorify the Father. Let's keep going. Then a voice spoke from heaven saying, I have already brought glory to my name and I will do so again. That's awesome. When the crowd heard the voice, some thought it was thunder, while others declared an angel had spoken to him. Then Jesus told them, the voice was for your benefit, not mine. This time, the time for judging this world has come when Satan, the ruler of this world, will be cast out. And when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to myself. He's literally talking about being raised up on a cross. Sometimes we have this idea, and we, we kind of misquote that. If you grew up in church, like, when Christ is lifted up, he'll draw men unto him. Like, we, we, we say it like that, but Jesus says, when I'm lifted up from the earth, He's literally talking. He said this to indicate how he was going to die. He's talking about being raised up on a cross. And when he dies on that cross, he's gonna, people are going to just come to him like a magnet draws still. Let's keep going. The crowd responded, we understood from Scripture that the Messiah would live forever. But Jesus is like putting a kink in their understanding. How can you say the Son of Man will die? Just who is the Son of Man anyway? Jesus replied, My light will shine for you just a little longer. Walk in the light while you can, so darkness will not overtake you. Those who walk in darkness cannot see where they are going. 
Put your trust in the light while there is still time. Then you will become children of the light. After saying these things, Jesus went away and was hidden from them. Jesus went away and was hidden from them. I would say this. It's, just, it's not just that we pray. We're in a series called Prayer or Pray. And it's not just that we pray. We need to pray all the time. The Bible says pray without ceasing. I would, I, I would argue from this, though, it's not just that we pray, it's what we pray. And also the heart with what we pray. Because we can, um, John, the author of this gospel, the author of this gospel, he wrote another book. It's 1 John. He actually wrote several more books. But in 1 John, he said, if you ask anything in his name, but according to his will, it will be done. It's not just that we ask or we pray. It's how we pray, and it's what we pray that matters. Like, is your heart right when you're praying? Like, are you asking for your own benefit? Are you asking for God's glory? Are you at, like, what is that? Because Jesus, he's troubled here. And he prays a legit prayer. And, and, and it's a gut-wrenching prayer. When you really, and we're going to get into it. And it's a hard prayer to pray. And I want us to think about this and chew on it when we're praying. Because I think sometimes we get frustrated. God, where are you? And there are things that you are praying according to his will and God just hasn't answered yet. I would say keep praying. Don't give up on your prayers. Don't give up like praying for lost um, loved ones to come in. Don't give up praying, Lord, I need your provision. Those are biblical prayers. Keep doing that. Don't give up praying for your coworkers. Keep doing that. But I know I'm guilty of praying selfish prayers. I'm guilty of praying, like, can I rat on myself for a little bit? I'm going to anyways. I don't care. Like, I'm guilty of driving past the parking lot and saying, Lord, it'd be awesome if you blessed me with that truck, you know. I can't be the only one. Don't judge me. Um, yeah, yeah, right? But guess what? I still haven't got keys show up in my, my mailbox for a new truck yet. You know, I haven't had that that experience yet. But that's a selfish prayer because it's all about me. It's, it, it's somewhere along the line I'm putting my needs and my desires above the will of God for this world. And... And Jesus says something very poignant and powerful to his, his followers. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given unto you. Like, when, when we get it backwards, we start praying selfish prayers, and then we're wondering why all these, like, but, but Jesus is like, just seek God first, and he'll take care of all that stuff. He'll take care of you when you seek him first. He does every single time. But Jesus asked a question, should I pray? Should I pray, Lord, deliver me from this hour? Should I? He says, no. But this is the reason I came. This is the very reason I came. But his heart was troubled. It wasn't like he was asking, like, lightly. He wasn't asking this lightly. It says, my heart is so troubled. Because he knew that he could pray that. But it would nullify his purpose. And let me tell you, when you know your purpose, it changes the way you pray. It changed the way Jesus prayed. When you know your purpose, it changes the way you pray. And so, one of the prayers that Jesus offers as options, option one, option two, 
one, one prayer captures the heart of God. One prayer is all about the kingdom of God, and one prayer is not. And there's something powerful about when we pray prayers that capture the heart of God because God responds. He does. Here, God literally spoke from heaven, but when we pray prayers in our life, God shows up, and you'll see answered prayers. Like, wow, I don't know how this showed up, but God provided. I was able to bless my neighbor. You know what I'm saying? Or, or God saw me through this season, and I, I don't understand how I got through this season except by God. When you, when you pray prayers that capture the heart of God, God shows up. You might not hear an audible voice from heaven that sounds like thunder. You might not hear that. I, I mean, I... I've never heard that. Have you guys heard that? Anyone? But Jesus gave two options here. The first one, though, is really tempting, right? Lord, deliver me from this hour. How many times have I prayed that? How many times have you prayed that? I know I've prayed it a lot. Go through a trial. God, get me out of this. I don't want to be in this. And I'm sitting there thinking about my trial. God, how is this? How is it going to work out? God, get me out of this situation. And God's like, what if? What if that's tied to your purpose? What? What if? That's why it's important that we know our purpose, because we can glorify God in trial. God's not glorified in our strength; He's glorified in our weakness. When we when we don't understand how God's going to move, and we say, God. Bring glory to your name. And so, I want to answer a question. What did he just pray? To answer that question, we've got to ask another question. What does it mean to pray, Father, bring glory to your name? Father, bring glory to your name. So, if I were to answer that, I would say what it means to pray, Father, bring glory to your name. It means choosing to be, choosing to be empty of me and my. Choosing to be empty of me and my. Because that prayer, Father, bring glory to your name, means I don't want to have any glory brought to me. And this really challenged me. I've been I've been chewing on this prayer for about three weeks. And it's actually changed how I pray. Over the course of the last two years, which actually like four days ago was the first time we came and preached here. And um so it was two years ago. It was really kind of cool to see that. But uh I prayed a lot in the last two years, Father, get me out of the way. And I could tell you the heart I had behind that. I didn't want Ryan Tatham getting in here and screwing anything up. I didn't want Ryan Tatham's opinion or preference to step in and say, no, God, I think we should do it this way, instead of actually seeking God, pouring my heart out, pouring my soul out before him and saying, God, what is going to glorify you? What do you want to do? But I was praying a prayer that lends itself to resistance. 
to pray, get me out of the way, instantly means, I'm ratting myself out, guys. This is something the Holy Spirit's been dealing with me on. means I'm going to fight it. But this prayer is a prayer that lends itself to surrender. And I don't know if you guys knew this, but I have a five-year-old daughter. Of course, you guys know it. I talk about her all the time. She's amazing. She's a gift from God. She's also very strong-willed. She gets that from her mom. Um, I can say that because she's not here. And I won't get a shoe thrown at me. No, I'm joking. It would be a, a right a right hook, actually. Um, but sometimes when I play with my daughter, she gets in the way. Like if I want to go to the toy room, she'll stand in our hallway and put her legs apart and her, her arms apart and block the way. And she wants me to get her out of the way. Now, could I get to the toy room without even slowing down? Yeah, I could because I have like 200 pounds on my daughter. I could probably jump over her if I was 10 years ago. But um, I, but I, I pick her up and she fights me. But she wants, she wants to go to the toy room with me, okay? She wants to go to the toy room, but she's saying, no, daddy, get me out of the way. Get me out of the way. And she fights the process to get to the toy room. And the Lord brought that to my attention because that literally just happened this last week over and over and over. Like Peyton was in the toy room calling for me and Sky would get in the way. And she, she wanted to go to Peyton, but, but she was like, no, I'm going to fight you. And I would pick her up and just have to carry her forcefully into the toy room. And, and I, the Lord has been laying on my heart, pray, bring glory to my name instead of get me out of the way. And like, I, I'm like, God, but that, that, that's a good prayer. He said, but you're fighting it. So often we pray prayers with good intentions, but it lends itself to fighting the will of God. Like, God, I want what you want, but man, I'm going to drag my heels the whole time getting there. Even though I want it, and Jesus is praying a prayer that lends itself to surrender and not resistance. And it's choosing to be empty of me and my, my will, my preference, my dreams, my ambition of me, 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 saying, God, I, I want what you want. And that's a hard prayer to pray. And if you, if you have a hard time praying that, you're in good company because Jesus straight said, my heart is troubled. Should I pray? Deliver me of this, which is all about me and my. Or should I pray, Father, bring glory to your name. And as I was thinking about this and praying about this, I really, it made me think, about canoeing. Have you guys ever canoed? Like, you get in a canoe, and usually you canoe in a river. I guess you can canoe in a lake, but usually you canoe in rivers. And you can get in a, in a canoe, and there's a stream, and, and it's going one direction. Like, a river does not go opposite directions. It's the, the flow and the current of the river goes one direction. Now, you can get in that canoe, in the current, 
and you could paddle upstream for a while. And it will be okay, but you're not going to make good progress. And it's going it's, you're eventually going to give in to the current. You're just, you just are. If you come to a spot where there's like a little waterfall, like you have to fight against the current the whole time if you paddle upstream. But this prayer is kind of like getting in a canoe and paddling with the current. It, I, I don't know about you guys, but there are times when you're in a river with a canoe, you don't have to paddle at all. Right? You can literally just rest in the current and let the current carry you. Right? And that's what Jesus is praying. That's what this prayer is. It's choosing to be empty in me. And there's a me and my, and, and it's, there's rest in that. There's provision in that. There's direction in that. Like, I, I don't know, like, very, very rarely when, I, when I've been canoeing and I've just stopped paddling, you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't paddle anymore. You don't stop. You can just literally lean back and rest, and the current still carries you. And that's what the will of God will do when you are in Christ and you're leaning and resting into him, he will still carry you because there are going to be seasons of your life where you can't paddle. There are going to be seasons of your life where you just can't do anything about it. You can't help that your children don't love God. You can't help, like there's not, like the enemy will come in and say, oh, it's all your fault, you should have raised them different or whatever. That's a lie. You could have raised them perfectly and they just choose not to serve God. That's not on you, that's on them. But um, I, I've seen it with my sisters and different things like that, but God knows how to bring them back. But there are seasons of your life where you're doing whatever you can. You're, 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 you know, you have a job or whatever that looks like, and you're, and you're trying to provide for your family, do what's right, and everything like that, and you're just paddling, and you're saying, okay, I'm in Christ, and you just can't do anything about it. You just can't make any more progress or whatever. Those are the moments where you just got to put the paddle down and just rest. And just rest and let the current carry you. And that's what God's will will do when you are in Christ. And you say, God, I want what you want. Bring glory to your name. He said, okay, now that you're weak, you're, you're going you're gonna to let me direct. You're going to let me carry you. You're going to rest in my will. And Jesus prays a prayer that lends itself to surrender, that lends itself to resting. Is it hard? Yeah. Because guess what? Every one of us wants to be a part of something. Every one of us wants to give our two cents. Every one of us wants to swing the hammer, so to speak, to build and work with God. But God's saying, just rest. And let me carry you. Jesus is saying, pray, bring glory to my name. And it's not when you're strong. It's not when like, oh, wow, I got through this all on my own. That God's like, I didn't get any glory out of that. God's not interested in sharing glory with you. God's interested in bringing glory to himself. And that takes surrender, saying, God, I don't want any glory. I want you. And so choosing to be empty of me and my is a total surrender of you and your person. It's a total surrender. It, 
it's not an easy prayer to pray. It's not a, let's just, just choose to do this. I would say, yeah, I think it takes time to get to where you are genuinely praying this. And I pray, maybe, maybe it just takes time for me. But when we start praying, Father, bring glory to your name type of prayers. Watch what God does in your life. Watch how he moves. Watch how he changes the circumstances. Watch how he changes the narrative of your life. It's going to be beautiful. Is it hard to pray? Yes. Jesus had a hard time praying it. His heart was troubled, so you're in good company. But should we pray it? Yes. Should we pray it? Yes. I think that if we want to see God's kingdom come, which I would, if I went around, if everyone was here this morning, and I went around to every member of this church and asked them, do you want to see God's kingdom come and God's will be done? I would, I would guarantee you, because I, I know you guys, and I love you guys, you would say, yes, I want to see God's kingdom come and God's will be done. I want that more than anything, because you guys love Jesus. With that said, our prayers have got to reflect that. And it's choosing to be empty of me and mine. Because God's not interested in building your kingdom or my kingdom. Jesus, in this narrative, people are starting to want to believe in him. They're wanting to set up a kingdom on earth right then and there. They had this idea of the Messiah. And Jesus is saying, how I'm going to win in this moment is actually die but it's going to bring glory to the name of God and that's how his kingdom is going to grow and it flew in the face of what people liked people was like how is this I thought the Messiah was going to live forever he, and he is and they were right but it wasn't the way they thought they thought he was going to live forever on earth well he will eventually but it wasn't on their timeline and when we start praying prayers like father bring glory to your name that, that lends itself to surrender, that lends itself to God's timeline and your circumstance and his kingdom is saying, God, I want what you want right now. Even though it's hard, Jesus knew that he was about to be crucified. He was about to be scourged, which is a Roman beating that, that 90% of people who went through Roman scourgings died. But Jesus lived through a Roman scourging and then he had to carry a cross and be crucified, which is, in my opinion, one of the worst deaths that man invented to inflict on other humans because you end up suffocating on your own spit. You drown slowly over days. And Jesus knew that's what was about to happen to him. And yet he still said, Father, bring glory to your name, because he knew that was his purpose. This is the reason I am here. Because it's tempting to pray prayers. God, get me out of this. God, get me out of here. And, and, and so often we pray prayers like that. We pray prayers that are safe for us. 
but they're no threat to the kingdom of the enemy. God protect us. God guard us. And, and there's nothing wrong with praying that. I'm not saying that we shouldn't pray those things. Like for instance, I pray that all of us make it home safe today. But when it comes to walking out the will of God, like missionaries going into foreign countries, what did they pray in the New Testament about going out into foreign areas? They prayed, give us boldness to preach despite persecution. We pray, protect them and provide for them. There's a disconnect between the Bible and us, but a prayer that says, Father, bring glory to your name is going to be, encompass all of that. He's going to take care of the missionaries. He's going to protect them. And even if he doesn't, he's going to get glory out of it. He is. And is choosing, saying, God, I want what you want more than I want what I want. And that's a hard place to get to because it has to recognize that I'm not fully surrendered. I'm not fully surrendered. This prayer is a prayer of surrender. Father, bring glory to your name. And, G and God said, I have, and I'm going to again. And I believe that he's about to bring glory to his name again in his church today. I want us to be a part of it. And I would challenge us in the coming months, in the coming weeks, we pray, Father, bring glory to your name. Let's lend ourselves to surrender. Not, let, let's not be like how I was praying. Father, get me out of the way. Well, I'm going to kick and scream the whole time you're carrying me out of the way. I didn't mean it like that, but that's what it meant. Like, if you say, get me out of the way, you're going to say, I'm going to stand here until you move me. That's, that's not That's not surrender. Surrender is saying, I'm going to get in the flow. I'm going to go with God. So I'm going to pray. And I challenge us this week. And anyone that's going to watch us this week, I pray that we grab a hold of what Jesus prayed. What did he just pray? He prayed a prayer of total surrender. It's not about what I want. It's not about what you want. It's about what God wants in your life, in his church, in this organization, in his kingdom. And we get on the same page because the Holy Spirit is going to bring unity to his church. And when we do that, there's nothing on earth that can stop the advance of the gospel. The gates of hell won't prevail. Father, I pray right now for your church. I pray right now, Lord, for those of us who are having a hard time praying. I pray that you give us the courage and the boldness to pray this prayer, knowing that we're in good company. You wrestled with it. I pray that you will grab a hold of us and help us pray. Father, bring glory to your name. Help us to surrender to your will. Help us to get out of the way. Help us, Father God, to give you our strengths and our weaknesses our ambition and our dreams and our preference and say, God, I just want to get in the stream of your will and go with you where you lead me. And so your kingdom can come and your will can be done on earth as it is in heaven and in my life, in your church, in the society, so we can make a difference for your kingdom the way you want us to.
And so, Father, I pray that you will help us chew on this. And, Father, I pray for those who are going to watch this later this week. I pray that if there are people that watch this that don't have a relationship with you, the first part of saying, Father, bring glory to your name is actually recognizing and believing that Jesus died on the cross, that he rose for our sin, and believing that he's the Son of God, and surrendering our life to you for salvation. And so I, I pray that if there, there are people, that they reach out to us and let us know and help us to make disciples through um, for, for your kingdom right here. And Lord, I pray right now that you do your will in your church, in your mighty name. Amen. I love you guys. Have a blessed week.